Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Goat podcast. A lot to get into today. The Eagles-Cowboys are tonight Dak's first home game since his ankle injury last year. Then I'm going to react to what I saw and witnessed in these Week 3 games. A lot uh, to take in. A lot you can overreact to, but I don't think so. I think I'm going to relax after what I saw and not jump to any rash conclusions. Then we look forward to Belichick uh, and Brady's reunion Sunday night in Foxborough. What a game that will be. Then I will break down some of the bigger college football games that happened this past weekend. Give you my top five college teams right now and then finish up with some MLB talk as we are a week away from finishing this regular season. So let's get right into it with the Eagles and Cowboys. Uh, tonight, I think this will be a tremendous game in a battle for first place in the NFC East. This, to me, will have major implications uh, moving down the stretch and questions will be answered. Specifically, what I'm looking forward to watching is Jalen Hurts. The Dallas Cowboys have an improved defense. Do they have a great defense? No, but it's improved for last year. Uh, they do garner a lot of takeaways, so I'll give them credit for that. That definitely helps out the offense when you're taking the ball away and giving them a shorter field to work with. It's also a big confidence boost for your defense as well. So if you're the Eagles, you know, you obliterated the Falcons in the first week. Jalen Hurts looked amazing. Everybody talked about him. Then last week, he struggled against a 49ers defense. So he's really played a great defense and a terrible defense. Now, to me, he's facing a middle-of-the-pack defense. And I want to see the Jalen Hurts closer to the spectrum of the Atlanta Falcons game than the uh, 49ers game last week. Because this will really tell me against the slate of games that they play this year, you know, is Jalen Hurts going to put them in a position to win this game, or is the defense going to have to bail them out? Because this defense, to me, has been really good this year as well. Uh, as I said, they crushed the Falcons. That was both on offense and defense. Last week, to me, their defense did a good job of handling the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers just did a better job. I like their defense more than Dallas. Uh, but Dallas has so many weapons. I'm not high on Zeke anymore, but he's still a factor. You still have to account for him. Then you have wideouts, C.D. Lamb, and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup not playing, but you have those two big threats right there. You're going to have to contain him and this passing game. They're going to air it out much more uh, than they pass. Uh, Dak Prescott's already thrown 85 attempts uh, so far this year. So they're going to air it out. It's going to be the C.D. Lamb. It's going to be Amari Cooper. How does Philadelphia defend this Darius Slay and uh, Mills back there? How do they defend this? And it's also going to start with getting pressure up front. Uh, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, they're going to have to be able uh, to generate a pass rush to make Dak feel uncomfortable and get him running around. He's a great scrambling quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's a quarterback that would rather throw the ball downfield uh, than use his legs. Uh, so you're going to have to make him feel uncomfortable, getting pressure up front, and also locking it down. So this is going to have to be a great game plan for uh, Philadelphia to come in and execute a win here. Uh, I think this will be a very emotional game uh, for Dak, and I think Dak will be the better quarterback on the field. I think he will outplay uh, Jalen Hurts. I think this team will outplay Jalen Hurts. I predict the Dallas Cowboys uh, to walk away with a win here. I see them forcing uh, more turnovers. I don't think Jalen Hurts will play badly, hasn't thrown in an interception yet, 
But I think this is the one that he does throw. And it, this will be a big, big game. Because like I said, uh, this is an NFC East for first place in the division. I know it's early in the season, uh, but they don't play again until the last game of the season in Philly. So if they keep pace, uh, the winner of this will have a huge advantage going into the last week and could perhaps get that last, uh, or get this division clinched before that game at the end of the season. So this is a big game to me. These are the two key teams. The Giants are already out of it at 0-3. Uh, Washington is playing its way out of it, especially with the schedule that they have coming up. So to me, it's Dallas in Philly, and this will go a long way uh, moving into the season. I do think that this game is more important uh, to Philly, though, uh, because to me, they don't have as great as a team as the Dallas Cowboys. And to me, they have a little tougher schedule as well. So... You're Philly, you want to win this one and get the momentum back on your side. You don't want a two-game losing streak. Then going in uh, to Kansas City and then the Buccaneers looming after that. Uh, you want to get the win here tonight. But I don't think that'll happen. I'm rolling with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, week three reactions from Sunday, yesterday. What did I learn yesterday that I didn't know before? Well, before, I said that I wanted Josh Allen to wake up. I wanted to see the Josh Allen of last year. Uh, the first two games, I did not see that. I was a little concerned. I wanted them uh, to play great. And you know what? Josh Allen answered the call, he picked up the phone, and he delivered, was the best quarterback of the NFL yesterday. Uh, he had the best game out of any quarterback uh, week three Sunday. And that's what I wanted to see. He did that, 358 yards, four touchdowns against the Washington defense. I said they wouldn't try to run a lot on a stout uh, defense. And they didn't try it too much. Instead, they aired it out with Josh Allen. And it paid off. Open with a great 28-yard pass uh, from Josh Allen. Then he threw two more touchdowns after that to take a 21-0 lead. They let Washington uh, climb back in a little bit before they finished him off. All the way taking a 43-14 lead before 43-21. to This was a great win. For the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen was tremendous, 84 quarterback rating, 129 passer rating, uh, got a rushing touchdown as well, so five total touchdowns uh, yesterday. He was a tremendous, this team thoroughly outplayed the Washington football team, doubled them up on first downs, doubled them up, almost doubled them in uh, total yards, uh, almost in passing yards, subs, uh, subsequent advantage. In rushing yards, uh, 122 to 78. Uh, they were really good. They were in the red zone, even though they were four for six. Uh, they were in there a lot. They forced turnovers. Taylor Heineke threw an interception or two interceptions. They lost a fumble. Uh, so this was a great performance for Buffalo. This was a Buffalo that we saw last season, uh, especially in that second half where they were amazing. And that's what they had, uh, yesterday. They were great in Buffalo, gave the Buffalo Bills fans, that Bills Mafia, uh, somebody to root for. And I think the Buffalo Bills are closer to being on the track now to where they ended off last year after this win. This was a huge, huge win for Buffalo, huge confidence booster uh, for Josh Allen. Uh, they routed Washington, uh, put Washington in a tough spot now. Where they're one and two, uh, they face the Falcons next week. But after that, uh, they have a game against the Chiefs coming up, the Saints, the Packers, the Broncos, uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, it gets tough, tough for them. Uh, 
this Falcons game will be huge for them because then after that, I really don't see them winning a lot of games after that. Uh, they definitely need a real quarterback. Taylor Heineke is a fine backup, but they need a real quarterback to help this team, help this defense out. This offense can't be turning the ball over, especially to a high-potent offense like of a Buffalo Buff or the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills were a better team of this weekend by far, and they were led by the better quarterback, Josh Allen. Then you had the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns. You had Justin Fields' first game, rookie game, Odell Beckham Jr. back. And I will say, Justin Fields looked like a rookie. Not a good game for him at all. I could tell they wanted to get the rushing game going. Cleveland Browns honed in on that. Uh, 34 yards they mustered in rushing. Justin Fields, though, six completions. Six of 20. That's terrible. A quarterback rating of six. Six. Only 68 yards thrown. And he took nine sacks. The Browns sacked this man nine times for a total of 67 yards. That can't happen. They were outplayed. The Chicago Bears looked terrible. They did. This was not a good game. And Justin Fields was not in it at all. And the Cleveland Browns dominated them. I will say this, though. This was Justin Fields' first game. I think he was going to face, you know, a defense that was happy uh, to get after him. And they sacked him nine times. The defense looked good. Uh, the Browns dominated the time of possession. They had 40 minutes to the Bears. 20 minutes. That will not help you uh, moving forward. And the Browns looked fine to me. Baker took one too many sacks. Five sacks is not great. He had a quarterback rating of 41, which also isn't great. He was effective. But, of course, they lean on this rushing game of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they both had 84 yards. But this passing game, I said with Jarvis Landry out, uh, it's Odell Beckham Jr.'s turn. And he led their team in receiving yards. Five receptions, 77 yards. Nine targets, most targeted receiver on this Browns team. Uh, he showed up. He looked good. Uh, to me, didn't look too hobbled by that injury or didn't look like uh, he was worried about re-injuring anything. He looked really poised out there and great. And I think this is a big step uh, for their offense. Uh, moving forward, if they can or incorporate OBJ more, uh, that will be good for them. But again, great performance by Cleveland and just pathetic by the Chicago Bears. Really, uh, they didn't do uh, Justin Fields any justice uh, at all. Nowhere to really scramble or do anything. Uh, Miles Garrett, four and a half sacks you know, out of the nine sacks. Uh, Justin Fields was hit 15 times. I mean... You you can't do that. Matt Nagy and the offensive line should feel ashamed uh, that they couldn't protect Justin Fields. I mean, we saw the Rams and Aaron Donald. They didn't hit Andy Dalton 15 times and sack him nine times. I mean, just a pathetic job uh, by the Chicago Bears uh, team. And it, to me, just really shows what a pathetic organization that they are teetering uh, closer to. Uh, to the New York Giants of the league than of the Green Bay Packers of their own division. Uh, we see Daniel Jones and the offensive line issues and the ability and cost them an 0-3, uh, where we're at 0-3 right now. And same with the Chicago Bears. I know they're 1-2, and two, but still not pretty uh, for this team who inexplicably can't draft an offensive line to protect quarterbacks in the past, uh, whether it be... Uh, Mitch Trubisky, now Justin Fields, they should be ashamed of themselves uh, for how poorly they let their quarterback uh, be taken. 
than the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions. Now, to me, I've talked about the Vikings and how they're sort of, they were 0-2, but they could have been 2-0. and Now they're finished 1-2, but they could be 3-0. The Baltimore Ravens are 2-1, and but they could easily, easily be 0-3. They lost that first game to the Raiders. They just eked it out last week, one point uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs, where they scored 12 straight points in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, turnovers by Kansas City uh, did not help. And then the Detroit Lions almost beat them. They won 19 to 17. Uh, Baltimore won when Justin Tucker kicked the NFL record. 66-yard field goal. I have to give the hats off to him because never would I think a 66-yarder would be made. That was brilliant. Yes, it hit the crossbar. Didn't perfectly go through, but to wind up like that and kick that and make it, that just shows that you know he's one of the greatest kickers of all time. I could go down as the greatest kicker. Of all time. That was amazing. But it was hampered by a delay of game. A delay of game I should have been called. Which would have enforced a 71-yarder. Which they would not have attempted. It would have had to have been a Hail Mary. Or a short toss and lateral situation. So the NFL screwed the Lions. But if you're the Detroit Lions. You're Dan Campbell. You have to know that every call uh, will go against you, that can go against you, will go against you. And they put themselves in this situation, I will say. They took the lead 17-16, to 16, the Lions did, you know, with a minute left. And their defense couldn't stop them. And they did a great job initially on that drive after uh, the field goal. They had Baltimore... At 4th and 19. 4th and 19. Never in my life would I say that 4th and 19 that Lamar Jackson is going to complete a 36-yard pass for a first down. But the poor defense that they had, that uh, high up, three high safeties, uh, wide open zone there on both corners. Sammy Watkins got in there. And there was not a yard within a man within a 10-yard diameter of him, he was that wide open. So inexplicable defense uh, by them uh, to put them on the Detroit 48. And then no completions, which was then kicked a field goal. But the Detroit Lions defense has to do a better job in that situation. Dan Campbell coaching has to do a better job in this situation. And to me, I was quick to write off uh, Baltimore. And then last week I kind of came back and said, Maybe they're better than I thought, but, you know, I just, I don't know right now because you almost lose to the Detroit Lions, and it makes you think maybe they aren't so good. And they're going to be face tough. They face the Broncos, who have a great defense, who are 3-0 next week. Uh, They face the Colts, the Chargers, who are really hot. Then they have uh, divisional games against the Browns, Steelers, uh, Vikings. So I want to see really how good this team is. I want to see a convincing win from Baltimore. I thought I would see that against the Detroit Lions, to say the least, but I did not. But I have to give the Detroit Lions credit because, you know, I've said that they have a Harvey Dent team. And again, that did kind of prove true. And they didn't score. In the first half, they were down 10-0 to and then 13-0. to They had to overcome a 13-point deficit in the third quarter, uh, which they did. And they came back and led, but then their defense failed them right there at the end. Uh, so I think Detroit will be competitive. I don't think they'll be blown out a lot. Uh, but it's going to be very hard just with this team to win games when you have to be perfect. And you're not really a good team. Then you had the Tennessee Titans in the Indianapolis Colts. Ryan Tannehill was great. Carson Wentz, I didn't think he would play. 
you know, diagnosed with two sprained ankles. And he looked fine, 194 yards. His team looked good, but it was just uh, too much to me. This Colts defense, who I thought was a lot better, haven't really looked that good this season. Uh, 28 points uh, to the Seahawks, uh, 27 to Rams, and now 25 uh, to the Titans. Uh, To me, they just don't look sharp right now on defense. And on offense, they just don't have the weapons uh, either. So I'm worried about the Colts as well. Moving forward, but the Titans, I like where they're at. Derrick Henry looks like he's back on his feet. Another 100-yard ground game. That's just expected of him. That's how good he is. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was good too, but he needs to not turn the ball over as much. Two interceptions uh, can't be doing that, can't be turning the ball over. They had a total of three turnovers. Uh, very careless play. That's not something that they can be doing uh, all season long. Uh, they need to limit the turnovers in these games. In Kansas City Chiefs, I never thought I'd say this, but they now have a losing record. Lost two games in a row. This time uh, to the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. And I was shocked, uh, to say the least, that they lost uh, this game. It looked rough. Starting out, Justin Herbert and the Chargers looked great. Took an early 14-0 to lead. Uh, and then turnovers by the Kansas City Chiefs. Un- more uncharacteristic interceptions uh, from Mahomes. Drop passes. Uh, it, it wasn't good, is what I'm saying. Is This Chiefs team, I'm getting concerned where I could write it off, but if they're going to have these turnovers, uh, Patrick Mahomes interceptions, Clyde Allaire uh, fumbling the ball, Tyreek Hill fumbling the ball, if they're going to be that careless, and the defense is going to be that bad, then yeah, I have cause for concern, because I just compared this defense to this 2018 season, uh, where their offense was just so potent, but their defense would get run up, and to me, this defense looks even worse than they did then, uh, because, you know, you can't really turn the ball over now. You really never want to turn the ball over, but now you're afraid that if you turn the ball over, your defense just can't make a key stop to gain any momentum at all. Uh, but it was a great comeback. I thought for the Chiefs, I thought they had it uh, when they were up 24 uh, 21, they kicked the field goal, and I thought, this is it. Uh, Mahomes is going to lead it to a uh, a comeback and win, you know, been an interception, and I thought, oh no, and smart move by the Chargers, not even going uh, for the field goal to kind of waste time. They went for the touchdown, great for them. Uh, only left the Chiefs with 32 uh, seconds, and you know they just couldn't uh, get it done after that. So I'm concerned for the Chiefs. I'm concerned uh, for the turnovers, and especially I'm concerned when they play good offenses. They played the Ravens last week. They played the Browns already. They played the Chargers. Uh, they've played good offenses this coming week. They played the Eagles. Not too worried about the Eagles as well offensively, but then they play the Bills. Bills have a great offense. They are clicking now. Uh, if this Chiefs defense can't make stops, can't generate a pass rush, can't create turnovers, uh, I don't know how much longer Patrick Mahomes will be able to bail them out. I don't know how much longer they rely on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, who's been fumbling the ball lately. But I won't discredit it. From the Chargers, Justin Herbert going into a hostile atmosphere in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Justin Herbert outplayed Patrick Mahomes, threw for 20 more yards, one more touchdown, no turnovers. He was great. Seems like he has a great connection with both his receivers, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. 
Mike Williams had himself a day. Uh, seven receptions, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. And now you have the Chiefs in a position uh, to where I also I never thought they'd be in. And that's last in their division. And that's key because now the Chargers are a game ahead. The Vegas and Denver are two games ahead. They're undefeated. Uh, and they still need to play both the Broncos twice, uh, the Raiders twice. They've had tough times with the Raiders in the past. They play them tough. Uh, they still have the Cowboys, the Packers. Uh, the Titans, so the Chiefs do not have an easy schedule moving forward. They need to fix the defense fast. They need to limit the turnovers uh, fast as well uh, because they're in a spot, uh, to me, at least in point differential, where they're in the latter half where it's not like, you know, you're a good team, a decent record, and, you know, the point differential doesn't prove it. Uh, this team looks like a 1-2 and two team. Currently at the moment, maybe that's why Andy Reid, you know, had to go to the hospital feeling ill, you know, after Sunday's game because he just can't believe what he's witnessing on his team and especially on his defense. Can he uh, correct this defense? Can Coach Bag do it? I don't know. It's going to be a tough, tough turnaround for the Chiefs, I'm concerned. Do I still think... They're the best team in the AFC. I will say yes, uh, but they need to win some more games to help my cause here, at least this season. They're still the reigning AFC champions, uh, but I'm scared moving forward because there's a lot of good teams this year, a lot of talent in the AFC and in their division as well. New England and New Orleans. Uh, to me, who knows uh, what to expect uh, from this, you know, New Orleans uh, and New England both kind of look like Jekyll and Hyde teams. New Orleans crushed the Packers 38-3. Then they look so mismatched by the Panthers. And then they dominate the Patriots. And the Patriots look so close against the Dolphins, look like they're right there. and dominate the Jets and then have this lackluster performance against the Saints. I think that's what we're going to see all season. I think we'll see... One great week by the Saints, then one bad week, and same with the Patriots uh, moving forward. They picked Mac Jones off three times. He has to do better. I uh, didn't think he'd have 51 pass attempts in a game this season, but he did, and he was also their leading rusher. That can't be the case. Uh, he cannot be your leading rusher. Somebody else asked you. I'm surprised they haven't used Ramondre Stevenson more, considering how great uh, he was in the preseason. But Bill Belichick will do what Bill Belichick does, and we've seen how that works out for him in the past. But both these teams I'm not high on this season. The New York Giants and the Atlanta Falcons, a battle of two 0-2 teams. So you really wanted to see who is the better 0-2 team and to me, both prove that they're both really not two good teams at all. Uh, back and forth, Giants have a lead. Atlanta took it. Giants took it back, tied up by Atlanta. And then young Ku makes a game-winning field goal as time expires. And what really, to me, was a clean game uh, by both teams. Uh, I don't believe they're, or they both have one turnover, one fumble lost. Uh, on both sides, Matt Ryan uh, choked it up, and Evan Ingram choked it up. I'm happy it wasn't uh, Daniel Jones, because I'm always worried about uh, Daniel Jones and the issues that he has handling the football. But moving forward, the Giants are done. Declaring it, they are done in the NFC. They are no longer contenders. They're 0-3. It's too late for them to come back uh, when they have a schedule of the uh, Saints, Rams, Panthers, uh, Raiders, Chiefs, Buccaneers. It is season over for them. Scratch it up. Chalk it up. Learn whatever you need to learn the next 14 games because it is over. Glean what you need to glean and move on. Atlanta Falcons, uh, not high on them either after a 1-2 and two start in their division.
Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh, Big Ben could tell he was a little uh, uh, limited by his injury, even though he threw 58 times, which is not smart. Uh, but they just can't get anything going running the football. Najee led their team in receiving yards, but rushing the football, running it, they just can't do it. It's impossible uh, for them. And still, that connection with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase looks really, really good. The Arizona Cardinals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cardinals look great, yet another one, 3-0. And you had Justin Tucker make a 66-yarder yesterday to uh, win the game and break the NFL record. The Cardinals attempted a 68-yard field goal uh, to break the record. And talk about a backfire when Jamal Agnew uh, returns it all the way. 109-yard kick. Six. Uh, can't believe it. Uh, but that's what happens. Sometimes you take the gamble, you take the risk, and you do it. But Kyler Murray uh, looked good. Again, another interception. To me, he needs to limit uh, those if they are going to contend uh, against the better teams. Next three weeks will be tough for them. No interceptions. Can't be done. The Jets and the Broncos, uh, I will just say this, the Broncos defense is really good, like I said, and the Jets are just not good. That's why you had a 26-0 shutout yesterday. Miami and Las Vegas, no Tua, but the Dolphins gave them a scare. We're up 14-0 you know, before the Las Vegas Raiders went on a tear and went up 25-14. And then Miami came back and made a 25-25. They go into overtime. Uh, they kick a field goal, Vegas, uh, to take the lead. Of course, the field goal does not win the game. Uh, then Miami has a chance to either win it or tie with a field goal. They tie it up with a field goal. Uh, then the Raiders take it back and then kick a game-winning field goal as time expires in overtime to avoid a tie. And they win 31-28. to And they start off 3-0. Derek Carr is looking really good this season. Uh, I really like what I'm seeing from the Raiders. Like what I'm seeing from John Gruden. I really do. Uh, Derek Carr has been great. Uh, Peyton Barber was good yesterday. Uh, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Byron Edwards, uh, Darren Waller. They are all getting involved. This team is great. Then Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the LA Rams. I actually had the privilege to go to that game and see SoFi in its glory. Witness this game where I thought Tampa Bay would just eke it out. And I was so wrong. What an atmosphere it was. And what do I want to say about this game? Well, I will say that the... Rams thought they won the Super Bowl. Deshaun Jackson said after the game, you know, we're 1-0. You know, we beat the reigning champs. This is a good game. Sean McVay acted like he just won the Super Bowl. Deshaun Jackson catches a pass. Sean McVay is the first one to greet him in the tunnel. He's running up and down. He's going crazy. Halftime. Going crazy. He acted like he won the Super Bowl. He did. To me, this team acted like they won the Super Bowl. Guess what? This is not the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was great this game. He was 432 yards, only one touchdown. However, they could not get the rushing game going, which will I think won't really plague them because of their schedule. But when Tom Brady is your leading rusher, now you're telling me there's issues. Three rushes, 14 yards, uh... You can't have that. That can't happen. And to me, there was just some misplays, missed calls. Uh, horse collar tackle on one of the slides uh, there on Tom Brady. Not called. Pass interference on Gronk. That wasn't called. Uh, so it wasn't great. Antonio Brown 
in kind of those key third and one situations were not good. They stuttered off on a couple three and outs where there was a third and one false start delayed them back. That can't happen. Uh, but this offense, I think, is still a really good. Wasn't their day. The Rams unleashed the house, unleashed all their plays. Deshaun Jackson over the top. Matthew Stafford uh, over the top with him. And Sony Michelle did all right. Uh, so really, Los Angeles Rams can celebrate this one. Uh, people will say Los Angeles Rams, you know, are now the favorite. They're the best team. I'm not going that far yet. You know, you know this game, you might look back at this, you know, week 15 or 16 to for a tiebreaker to see, you know, who's going to get home uh, field advantage. But I don't think so. The Bucks have an easier schedule. They're too talented. Uh, the Rams next week play the Cardinals. Uh, the Seahawks, they still play the 49ers again after that. The Packers. So they have a tough schedule. The Ravens, Vikings. So it's tough sledding. The Buccaneers do not have it as tough. So the Rams can celebrate this one. But Tom Brady will be just fine. They lost to the Rams last year. Look what happened. They won the Super Bowl. They lost to the Rams this year. I mean, let's not make a big deal about it. Yes, it's great to see the Rams start off like this. Great to see Sean McVay excited. But you did not win the Super Bowl. Uh, Is anybody else going to act like, you know, the Rams, you know, are the best team? I don't think so. You know, I saw some things last week from the Colts I didn't like. I think the Cardinals will bring out a great game next week in the Seahawks as well. So I'll pump it on the Rams right there. Then Seattle, Minnesota. I called this one. I said, upset brewing in Minnesota. I said, I don't know how I feel about Seattle and just their defense. And I didn't think they'd blow yet another lead is what they did. Up uh, 17-7 to going into the second quarter, and they don't score any more points after that. Lose 30-17, to give up 23 unanswered points to end this game. I saw a terrible offensive line, just terrible. It's just as bad as last year. Uh, the addition of Gabe Jackson, I uh, didn't think he was that great. Uh, proved out to not be great. Tyler Lockett going down. Didn't help his team, and this defense is just so bad. It is no Dalvin Cook, and they got gashed by Madison. Uh, yes, they faced a great uh, receiving duo like last week in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson torched uh, Trey Flowers and DJ Reed. These cornerbacks do not look good at all. They do not look ready uh, to play the game of football. They are not in a position to win this game, uh, Pete Carroll has to fix this defense fast, has to fix this O-line fast. This is what I've been talking about, but it looks excruciatingly painful to watch. Uh, Seattle cannot have that. Again, Vikings are now 1-2, and two, and they could easily be 3-0. and oh. And the Seahawks have to go soul-searching now as they face a gauntlet of a schedule with the 49ers. Uh, the Rams, a team I think they're in a similar prediction with, and the Steelers, uh, the Saints, Packers, it only gets tougher from here. They need to figure it out and figure it out quick. Because when you're down by uh, that much, you can't be asking uh, Russell to bail you out every time your defense has to make stops. And then the Sunday night game was spectacular. The Packers... And the 49ers, at first I thought, you know, this game's really over. It's 17-0 Green Bay. Uh, but Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers' connection was flowing all game long. San Francisco answers quickly with a score in the last minute. Uh, third quarter, they score again on opening drive, 17-14. to You go into the fourth quarter, then it's a 24-14. You say, I don't know. Then you get a touchdown, make it three-point, you limit to them to a field goal. So you basically have a two-minute drive to win this game, and they execute it perfectly. Uh, however, they leave 37 seconds on the clock. No timeouts for Green Bay. Is that enough? And apparently it is 30-28. to 28. Poor defense uh, by the 49ers to close out the last 30 seconds. Uh, 
and you just really have to limit Devontae Adams because that was the key this game was that connection. Devontae Adams finished with 12 receptions, 132 yards, 18 targets. Uh, he's going to be the most targeted of them all. Aaron Rodgers, 33 pass attempts. More than half of the pass attempts are to Devontae Adams. You have to know to stop that. And the 49ers did not stop it. Uh, and I think that's on Kyle Shanahan, the defensive coordinator, uh, that, you know, you're in a position to win a game, a huge game. Could be implications. I think this one's the biggest considering the scale of these teams. You have a 49ers. You could go 3-0 and to start your season. And then you leave the Packers at 1-2. and And I look at the Packers and I don't see them losing any games uh, for quite a while. So the 49ers, they really needed this one badly. Uh, so I think this one will sting. I think this one will hurt, but they're going to have to get over it, play their best rebound against the Seahawks next week, but the Seahawks are also in a desperate mode as well. Uh, but again, Aaron Rodgers was just too much uh, for this team. Uh, and, the San, and the San Francisco 49ers defense just has to play a little better. Yes, tough task, a tall order. But I know uh, they can do it. Then Belichick comments on Brady, uh, saying that you know he's not surprised by the success of Tom Brady. Nothing surprises him. I'm glad you acknowledge that. I'm glad nothing surprises you, because then you won't be surprised when Tom Brady beats you up on Sunday night. In Foxborough, what a game that will be! I think both players, I mean both uh, people, want to win this game. Uh, I'm going to roll with Tom, but I'll speak more about this on a later podcast. Other NFL news: the Panthers, uh, Carolina Panthers, acquired uh, C.J. Henderson uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback. Uh, they needed him, especially after J.C. Horn uh, went out. Uh, they're 3-0. and They're a good team. Their defense has been good. They said, hey, we need to replace J.C. Horn. And they got uh, C.J. Henderson, I think, uh, who's great. And they see this 3-0 and uh, record as not a fluke, but it's something that's real. And they want to keep going. Uh, so I think this just helps their defense out. Uh, who knows if J.C. Horn comes back. If he does, it'll make this team even better. But until then, it, it suffers... Uh, the blow now, the real thing the Carolina Panthers are looking at is Christian McCaffrey and how do they win games without him moving forward. Now moving on to college football. I was 5-5 five and five in my picks uh, last week. A lot of upsets. First one, Notre Dame. And Wisconsin. I picked Wisconsin uh, to win this game. And they didn't uh, show up for me. Well, they did. It was 13-13. to 13, uh, My bad. It was 13-10. to 10, uh, Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. And it unraveled 41-13. to 13, Notre Dame 21 or 31 unanswered points. And uh, to me, it's basically... How bad Wisconsin's offense is. Their defense is good. You can't place all the blame on this. Uh, Notre Dame had a 96-yard kickoff return. That's seven points to the special teams allowed in. Uh, two pick sixes. That's 14 points uh, the offense gave them. And then the defense only let them one touchdown, two field goals. So that's 10 points. So the offense of Wisconsin gifted Notre Dame more points than the defense did. The Wisconsin defense, I think, is stout, especially their rush defense. Uh, however, the turnovers, Graham Mertz, uh, with like five of them, that can't happen moving forward. 
Rutgers and Michigan. Michigan just eked it out. They had a 20-3 to lead going into halftime. And then they only have like three first downs, 14 yards in the second half to hold off Rutgers 20-13. Uh, to 13. Michigan has to be better. This defense was good, but you see their running game not get going. Uh, with Blake Corbin and Hassan Haskins, they faced a better team, better defense. Cade has to be better. Uh, very shaky in the second half. I would have liked to see some J.J. McCarthy, but Michigan has to figure that out. Texas A&M, Arkansas. Texas A&M upset Arkansas, got the win. Good for them, 20-10. to 10. Uh, Of course, it was a backup quarterback for Texas A&M, uh, but Arkansas you know, was the better team that game. Clemson and North Carolina State. This is one I did not expect. I thought maybe an upset, uh, but Clemson is just that bad, I guess, this year. North Carolina State with the upset, 27-21. to DJ Ugalele, obviously that one game against Notre Dame last year was a fluke in which he had like 500 passing yards. Uh, obviously, that's not the real deal. Uh, Dabo Sweeney is having a tough time this year with a new Clemson team. No Travis Etienne, no Trevor Lawrence. They are in for a rude wake-up call this whole season. Iowa State and Baylor, yet another loss uh, for Iowa State. Eliminates them from playoff contention. Uh, To me, eliminates them from any uh, sniffing around in this division, doing well. Uh, Not good for them. UCLA, Stanford, UCLA got the win. They rebounded after a huge loss last week to Fresno State, but they got the win. Tennessee, Florida. Florida experienced some early hiccups against uh, Tennessee, but they really took control uh, in the second half uh, to get a big win. Nebraska-Michigan State, a game that I thought would be close, and it was went all the way to overtime. Uh, Michigan State up most of the game, let Nebraska hang around and get back again. Like another Michigan school, terrible second-half performance, where again, I think they only had like 14 or 17 uh, total offensive yards. Wasn't a pretty performance, but their defense held strong. Had a key interception, which then set up their game-winning field goal. Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, blew Kansas State out of the water. West Virginia, Oklahoma. What a game that was. Thought Oklahoma would wake up this time and say, Nope. We ain't losing uh, to West Virginia. We're winning in a convincing way. Well, they didn't lose. They won 16-13, to but it was anything other than convincing. If anything, it's these, uh, uh, what's it called? These uh, close wins are scaring me even more about Spencer Rattler. Uh, they even booed him. They wanted the backup in. Uh, that's where it got after the interception. He doesn't look poised. Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, his play calling doesn't look great. His team doesn't look great. Uh, I'm very worried about this Oklahoma team. I think if this game was in West Virginia, you'd have an Oklahoma loss. Uh, But to me, there's a lot of games that they could lose coming up. Uh, Kansas State, the Texas game, uh, Baylor at the end. Who knows about that one? Now, Oklahoma State as well. A lot of losable games now on their schedule. And then with that, uh, the AP poll uh, came out, you know, redoing their uh, top 25. So I'm going to react to that. And they switched Iowa and Penn State, which I think is a good thing. Penn State kind of played it close uh, to Colorado last week, or this past weekend, and I thought the drop was necessary. Arkansas moved up huge. Eight spots to number eight now. I think that's a bit much. They beat a backup quarterback in Texas A&M. I don't think he's the best, or Arkansas is the best at all. 
I think they'll be challenged against Georgia this weekend. I'll talk more about that. I'm not sold on Arkansas being a top 10 team. Notre Dame, I'm not sold on them either. Or BYU. Uh, Michigan moved up, but their win against Rutgers uh, gave me a mini heart attack. So, again, more. But Clemson still hanging on number 25. How much longer do they let them hang in the pole before they are kicked to the curb? But my top five teams in college right now are Iowa. Uh, they have key wins so far this season. You know, they were down against Colorado State and what could have been a trap game after a big win uh, last week. But guess what? They answered the call after being down early. They came back and won, which shows resiliency and which I like from this Iowa team. Penn State, after a big win against Auburn last week, they didn't fool around uh, with Villanova. Uh, they put them to sleep early, didn't look back. Same with Oregon. Uh, another big win they had a couple weeks ago. Uh, hung out to a win last week. They play Arizona the first conference game. It's packed full of after dark where we see upsets happen. But they said upsets not happening today. Georgia obliterated Vanderbilt. I think it was like 62-0. to zero. Uh, Really wasn't fair. They haven't been tested after that first game against Clemson. And that win doesn't look as good now to me. They should have put more points up. On Clemson, offensively, uh, that's one concern I have. But right now, their offense is flowing against the teams they're playing. And then number one is Alabama. Alabama is a force to be reckoned with. And we'll see if they'll be reckoned with against Ole Miss on this weekend. But until then, Alabama is the best team in the league. They have the best quarterback, at least to me, Bryce Young. He's overtaken Spencer Radler, they have the best coach, Nick Saban, best coach team. Uh, that is it. My top five are Iowa, Penn State, Oregon, Georgia, and Alabama. And then now to finish up with some MLB talk, one more week left. The Yankees just swept the Red Sox. They just went in like three games to out of the playoffs to now the first wild card spot. That is how crazy this AL East has been. This has been such a roller coaster ride. It will come to an end the end of this week. It really will. Uh, but Yankees now face Toronto. The roller coaster ride could still continue. Boston facing the Orioles. You know, we could see the same mix up. We could actually see Boston go back to one, Toronto go back to two, or Toronto pass Boston and Yankee State. Who knows? But this is not over yet. Because the Yankees uh, sweep the Red Sox this past weekend. And then Shohei Otani uh, told uh, reporters on his future that he wants uh, to win. He loves the organization, loves the fans, but he wants to win. And I think he means it. Uh, I think Joe Madden's frustrated. Again, he can't uh, leave and be free agent until 2023, uh, Shohei. So that's two years uh, he'd have to stay on here this this coming season and then the next one after that. And, you know, you look at the Angels. They have Mike Trout, who is a phenomenal baseball player. Anthony Rendon, who's really solid. Justin Upton. Uh, but it's really their pitching and how bad they are. And on defense, too, that's something they need to fix uh, moving forward. And I think, you know, if they don't with him in the next two years, I think that'll give Shohei Otani a nice out. I don't think he'll be like Mike Trout and say he wants to win and sign a huge contract uh, with the team and then continue uh, to lose with them. I think Shohei Otani could make a move. But that's it. lot to react to week three. I'll talk more in my next show as well. But we got Philadelphia and Dallas tonight. Uh, who do you like? Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.